0: And welcome to the first episode of the Point of Everything of 2018. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again for the next uh, 12 months or so of podcasts. That sounds very uh, idealistic from where I'm sitting right now, but I uh, have a couple in the bag already, a couple of interviews to go. The first one that you're going to hear is with uh, Laurie Shaw, who, if you're from Cork, probably needs no introduction. You probably know him as the creator of an absolute ton of albums. He seems to have a new one every day. And chances are, if you were inplugged over the past four years or anything, you probably heard Albert saying like, you got to listen to this album. You got to listen to this album. He's been one of the biggest supporters of Laurie Shaw, and he's kind of one of the reasons, anyway, why uh, I'm so aware of uh, Laurie—he's from the world in Liverpool, and he's based in Cork at the moment. And his new album, "Weird Weekends," is released—is self-released on January 19. So we—he came over to my gaff and we chatted about the creation of that album, his writing process, and his creation process, and how he kind of looks back at all of the stuff that he's created and how he kind of feels about all that and we talk about um his love of s club 7 and uh other Britpop bands other Britpop bands s club 7 aren't a brit pop band but we talk about the likes of oasis and blur and suede and how they all kind of relate to him and how he relates to all of them so the album i think is really really good it's uh it's kind of a nostalgic look back at his teenage years and yes he's only 23 but uh you can, you can always look back. We talk about nostalgia actually during it and how we kind of find it. Well, I find it really weird anyway, how we're looking back on these things that only happened a couple of years ago, but he talked, uh, yeah, there's stuff about like going out to a club and stuff about teenage pregnancy on the song skipped period blues. There's the desire to escape from a small town like Kenmare on pink light bulb. And one of the highlights of the album, well, my favorite track is Breaking Branches, but uh, Sophistication is over seven minutes long. And that's a track that's kind of about being in the club and stuff like that. And it's got a real disco tinge to it. And uh, it's really, really good. It's uh, one of his longest songs that he's made. So, yeah, we get into all of that stuff. So stay tuned to hear Laurie Shaw talking about that. Um, I have to do that thing that podcasts do sometimes. And no, it's not an advert or anything like that. Oh, I wish that it was an advert for Squarespace or um, Sonos, but no, no. Uh, I do have a live uh, recording of the podcast happening as part of Quarter Block Party. That's going to happen on Saturday afternoon guests. uh, Well, I'll reveal the guests, I guess, in the coming weeks. You can stay tuned on Twitter and Facebook and all that to find out but um yeah i think it's going to be on saturday afternoon a quarter block party and it's gonna be really good so that weekend is always like one of the best of the year and the fact that it happens so early in the year when like few other things are happening is also a really really good thing um it takes place on north and south main street of cork city february 2nd february 4th the likes of O Emperor, pillow queens uh damsel And lots and lots of other bands and talks and theater and dance is happening. So it's going to be a really, really good weekend. And if you don't have much on on the Saturday afternoon, sure, why not? Why not come over and see me do this uh, talking into a microphone thing uh, in front of a crowd and seeing how how that happens. So you can put that in your diary. But for now, this is the first podcast that I've done of 2018. It's Laurie Shaw. And make sure to keep an eye out for his brilliant new album, Weird Weekends, which is out on January 19. So Laurie Shaw, um, you're like known as one of the most prolific, like creators of music in Cork, I think. I think most musicians uh, in the city would probably agree with that or probably wouldn't disagree anyway but like i was wondering do you actually know how many albums like full albums that you that you've created that are like up online or that you've got like sitting at your computer
1: um i'd say this is probably about 80 or 90 i'd say
0: do you like treat them as like fully formed completed work or do you kind of look at some of them as like kind of demos uh
1: yeah i look at them as completed just because um, I think that when, once I know it's finished and like completed, that then I can kind of move on to the next thing. Um, cause I, I, sometimes I find it like, I don't like to just have a load of pile of demos lying around. I like to sort of maybe cut it off and then like move on to something else. Um, yeah, that's, I know it sounds, a bit, I know it's a bit strange, like being, like doing like a lot of stuff. Like, um, I think it's just like from, uh, getting into the swing of, like, doing one every night when I was at school and stuff. And then, like, you get, like, after, like, 10 days, then I kind of was like, okay, that's an album then, and then you'd, like, move on. So, like, that's probably why it kind of mounted up so fast. Like, And when do you know,
0: like, when it's actually finished, when an album or a song is finished? um, Like, out out of demo stage?
1: Yeah, I think, um, well, sometimes... When I do sort of side project things, uh, and when I did my earlier stuff, uh, I'd know the album was finished if I'd finished all the names of the songs because I'd do the the cover and the track list first, and then I'd just work through them, and like, um, so then once I'd got done all of them, if they were all sounding good enough, then that would be like the album done. Um, Whereas now I'm I've got a different approach where I kind of would do about thirty songs. And then I sort of whittle them down to the actual album. Um, So, yeah, I don't know when it's, I guess when it just all feels like it's come together. And I'm really not one for going back into stuff. Like if it doesn't work once I've finished and I come back to it and it doesn't sound right, then I kind of write it off. I don't really try and save it. I sort of, I think I kind of move on and just try something else like.
0: You you wouldn't like go back to it and cherry pick like the riff or the you know a good line or something. Yeah, that's no, no,
1: I'm I'm pretty kind of, um, cut and dry with with how I sort of self edit, I guess. Yeah,
0: that requires like an awful lot of like sitting down and actual writing and like playing guitar and stuff, doesn't it? Like if you're always wanting to create something new.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, the way I sort of work is I sort of tend to build stuff up um as I'm going rather than uh write it beforehand and then uh like bring it in and then add layers on top I sort of would kind of start with from the ground up really when I'm recording um so so that's kind of how I work so you kind of don't know what's going to come next in a way like it could be something good and sometimes it's like not great and then you just and then I just sort of think okay I'll just move on to the next thing you know
0: and like do you theme some of the albums like i know we're going to talk about weird weekends uh your new album coming out in a bit i know the um the kind of pr was is saying that it's like a nostalgic look back at your teenage years in mm-hmm. ken mayor yeah. like is that could you look at like i don't know if you'd look at 10 albums in a group or something that you've recorded and being like oh that's about this that's about this theme
1: um yeah well uh i think when I used to make albums, I'd try and go for a certain type of album um so like uh i'd like be really into a, a band or like a group of bands and i'd go oh, i'd love to make this kind of a record that sort of combine the two of them or like did whatever um so i think it depends really i think i think i am kind of i think conceptual albums really i really like that rather than just a collection of, of random songs that are all kind of shoot in different directions. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think that's, I think conceptually, that's how I like to work. And they are, each one is quite thematic in the way it kind of uh, is made and the way I kind of think about them, yeah. When
0: um, you're actually creating them, you're thinking of the theme.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah, most of them, most of them I am, um, yeah.
0: Is, is does that kind of stretch to your listening as well like um like if you're listening to i don't know I'm trying to think of conceptual albums or concept albums like uh Pink Floyd isn't that one yeah uh, and yeah, other things like, is is like that kind s- of what you look you kind of prefer that type of album like not really well i th-
1: kind of i would argue that i think all albums are really conceptual albums cuz any art really is conceptual um and everything has an idea driving it. Um, so I don't. I think that pretty much every album is. I look at every album really as a concept. Um, like if you look at the like, like the, the artwork and the the way it's sort of trying to get something across. You know, I think all good art, good like artists, good musicians always try and go for something conceptual rather than. Um and even if it is just a collection of songs they've written. That in itself is the idea behind the album. It's like the idea of having all these different songs that were written, and that that in itself is the concept.
0: And so that's something that you do as well. You think about the cover as well, and how this is going to represent what's actually what people are actually going to listen to.
1: Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you do it yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, I do all the artwork. Do yeah. everything?
0: Yeah. I, and it does that continue on this album? Like, is it all you playing all the instruments? Yeah,
1: yeah, I did everything on this, on this record, yeah.
0: Was there ever like, oh, I better ask some friends or anything um, like that? Or is it just like, I don't know about being set in your ways, but is it just kind of like a challenge? Do you see it as a challenge? Um,
1: a little, uh, I think. The thing is I, I record in a place which is very rural and very far away from everywhere else, which is in Kerry. And... um
0: not just Kerry. Not all of Kerry is no, totally no, no, wrong. No. It, it's up it's up a mountain. I yeah, think. it's up a mountain. L- yeah. Loads of sheep. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah.
1: Um it's uh so I it's always just been I've always been on my own recording really. Um and yeah, so it, it, the idea of like having to get people up would be <laughs> in itself a hassle. And I, I think I am quite stubborn in, in trying to just do it all myself and I think um like even down to the drums like I can't play drums so there, there, there's another thing I have to like try and uh another hurdle you have to try and get over so um I have to record each drum separately like um so yeah it's all I think it's all that challenge is what ignites me to kind of do it you know so have you, it sounds like you're recording
0: the same as you ever have mm-hmm. so yeah. like um like how how does that work is it just just building up from the instrumentation and just adding it all yourself um, just using the computer just yeah. like teaching it all yourself
1: yeah um pretty much um yeah i i haven't really changed the way i record i've I've changed the way i I approach the albums but definitely not like the way i kind of i just record them like you know like this sort of it's the same keyboard i've always used and it's the same i've got a new guitar now but like it's the same bass guitar and stuff and i got a drum kit a couple of years ago and then so at uh, that then i just added that like it's just adding new instruments but in terms of i've always just recorded that that same way yeah
0: and like is it also like a challenge to yourself to actually get better at all of these things so that like it sounds different like i mean you want all of the albums to kind of sound different i don't know if you want them all to sound Mm -hmm. like oh this one is better than my last one that was better than Mm -hmm. my last one that was better than my last one yeah is it
1: is it like that? it's not like that is it um sometimes like I, i like to i like to try and get as far away as possible from the last one i did in some ways so like the last album i did was called the great british night out which was um very quite political and it was uh it wasn't particularly personal it was it was more um it just had, it was kind of crazy and it was very weird and, uh, but everything in it was very fictional and trying to make a statement almost about certain things. Whereas this one is, is more, much more personal. So in that way I tried to change, I tried to like shift lanes so to speak. And then like the one before that, that, that album was again, very personal. So it's always trying to like shift to like the thing that's, that's farthest away. Um I don't know why i why I choose to do that but I think um it's more interesting then especially when you've been working on thirty or like whatever songs um in ones like so like because i i kind of eventually after like um sort of starting the process on this album, I kind of realized it was gonna be uh something that was quite teenage and quite um a little more uh, quite poppy and a little more like in that direction so um so obviously then I try and uh, have that within the 30 songs. That's always, that idea is always like coming through. So when I'm done that, it's nice then to go away and make something that's like really fuzzy or something or really like completely opposite of that. Like, you know, uh,
0: how did you find writing kind of more fictional for the last album? Did you find it more of a challenge than writing like more personal real stuff? Um,
1: a little, I, I think, um, uh, I don't know. I I I um. I'm trying to think. Um, it was kind of a, it was. F- I I think it was came down to what I was listening to more fictional things, like listening to more stuff that was, um, more story based. I think on the last album, uh, and, um, like I think Nick Cave was a big influence on that last album, and some of the, like Stooges as well, um, and I think there was a lot of abstract lyrics i was very much into on that album um uh and yeah like there's stories of things that i've never come across in the album like there's like a two part there's like two songs which are about um uh like middle america and then there's like a song which is about a guy who's like committing suicide and then there's like a song there's like two songs about abortion on that album and then this album then is like, uh, although like the stories are still fictional on this one, they're all built up from personal experience really.
0: Yeah. And it's about growing up in Khmer. Yeah. Yeah. How was, is, how is that? Let's talk, let's talk about your personal journey. You're like, so people know you're from the Whirl Peninsula yeah. in Liverpool and you moved to, was it,
1: you moved to Kerry or you moved to Cork? Uh, yeah, Kerry is where, uh, is where me and my mum and dad settled. What, what age were you when you uh, came over? Uh, I was ten, I think.
0: Oh, okay, so you've yeah. got like a childhood in yeah. the Wirral. What was, what's that
1: like? I I like um, I know it, but I don't really know what it's like on the Wirral. Yeah. Uh, it's well, it's kind of uh, it's we lived kind of close, close enough to a a place called West Kirby, which was like a little beach. Um, and it's quite, I mean, I have very rose tinted ideas of the Wirral cause I was, I was very young when I lived there.
0: Everything is great looking back. Yeah, so thing, yeah. Yeah. And like
1: we lived across from a place called Royden park, which was this massive park with like loads of woodland. And like, I remember like my bedroom window as a kid looked across into like this woods. Um, so, uh, it was quite, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like. It was obviously a bit more busy than Khmer, but it was like it. It wasn't. It wasn't like a city or anything. Like it was. I think I've always been like living in rural enough places. Like, um, yeah.
0: Does it claim kind of Liverpool, the city's kind of uh, loves like the Beatles and the football club, mm-hmm. or is it kind of its own thing?
1: Uh well, the Wirral, Wirral people are called um uh, plastic scousers. <laughs> uh our woolies is another term for them woolies, I love it. and uh um, yeah <laughs> and uh so yeah like this there's a little bit of a divide between them but it's it's all very friendly like you know in terms of like the music scene i think they all like the, it all crosses uh, across the water you know
0: and so were you just brought up on like your dad's beatles cds and stuff uh
1: yeah um well yeah i i remember i was very into like the pop music at the time as well when i was young like um my first album was the gorillas first album oh okay that's um, a good one to start yeah uh and my mom was horrified that i wanted it because it had parental advisory i remember singing <laughs> the line um uh she made me kill myself and uh which is from the second song on that and she was uh she was like, What are you singing? Like this is crazy. Like and I remember thinking, Oh, this is this like songwriting malarkey is like pretty good if you can <laughs> like make your mom kind of upset. So um uh but yeah, I think yeah, like the Beatles were always there. I was quite into Chuck Berry as well as a kid. Uh I was very into S Club Seven as well. Oh um,
0: a, w- a wide diverse thing. Yeah. Did you see the Paul yeah. from S Club Seven has put his Brit Award? up for (laughs) sale it's like what was it 90
1: grand or 66 grand or something like that yeah tempted um no i i wouldn't be maybe if this album sells well i find it weird (laughs) that uh
0: like pop from the 90s is kind of having a big comeback you know like uh i don't think who was it uh steps are back Mm -hmm. and like they're playing the three arena in dublin and people are you know you know and it's like Okay, Steps. They had a couple of like big singles. I don't know if you'd say that it's good music. It's certainly like pre, like big manufact, like it's manufactured and yeah. it kind of predates the likes of um, pop stars and mm. pop idol and stuff like that. But yeah. I find it weird that at the moment we do seem to have this nostalgia for like these late, probably not great pop songs from mm. the 90s.
1: Yeah. we well, are paying big money to go. Yeah, that's just a generational thing, I think. I think that's just because everyone who was that age now is, uh, in their twenties. Like, so um, there's that twenty year thing of, of uh, things coming back. You kind of see it a lot. I think in if you look at like, you know, modern history, um, like styles and stuff kind of seem to repeat themselves. Like I feel like there's things in the eighties that are very sixties inspired. Oh yeah. Um, and then there's like and then it all, and then in the 90s this sort of 70s-esque things um i think there's a name for it the 20 year something i don't know
0: yeah i don't know I'm i just look that up i don't know i think like music wise i find it kind of strange yeah. just because like you know with the likes of jenny green and her the RD concert orchestra mm-hmm. doing covers and stuff like that and people paying money for it and seem it seems to be like there're more and more of these acts coming back and mm-hmm. like filling up the festivals and stuff and you're just wondering like is that actually what people want it's like great to like get into new music for a while but then hit your 30s or something Mm. and you're like oh just give me the music in my (laughs) youth. yeah maybe yeah it seems really boring to just go back to this this stuff i don't know
1: yeah (laughs) um i don't know what it is i i yeah i guess it's just i think it is just um it is really nostalgia purposes and it's kind of like a laugh like oh look what look where they've turned up yeah. I remember S Club 7 were playing Picnic last year and uh, I didn't go but I heard it's okay to admit if you did that uh, I know I, I actually I I wanted to go <laughs> but I think something came up and um, I ended up we uh, apparently they they wait they did they wave a Union Jack I think oh no and they they sang some songs that they'd written since they'd split up which um, oh, wow. everyone wanted to hear obviously yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I uh, Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen that. But yeah, I think it's just nostalgia, really.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, I find it weird that people are clamoring for Oasis to get back together, even though like Noel and uh, Liam probably hate each other. Yeah, I, I... I don't
1: know if it's just for social media that uh, they're
0: putting on this front, but...
1: Uh, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, I don't, I, don't, I don't really care, really, to be honest yeah. about that. I, you, do, I, I do, like, I kind of... I still sort of Im- keep an eye out for what they do. But I don't think that they've really done anything good since their first two records.
0: Yeah, like they've done a couple of good things here and there. But like, I don't know if you've listened to Noel Galler's new stuff, the album that came out last year. I, yeah,
1: I listened to it uh, last week with my dad, actually. Um, and he was slagging it off. He thought it was rubbish. Um I think it was a, an album that on paper seems like a really good idea. But in execution, it wasn't, it wasn't too good. It just sounds like he's like been listening to the
0: vaccines a lot. And he thinks the vaccines are like a really mm. cool young band. And he wants to sound like that. Well, that song
1: sounds very, uh, top of the pops too. As in like, you kind of can imagine a seventies band singing that song. Uh, uh, what's it? Um, Holy Mountain is it? The second uh, one is like, uh, like The one that sounds like Ricky Martin, but she <laughs> yeah. bangs, she bangs or something. And, uh, like that one sounds very like one of them bands, like the suite or something that you'd see on top of the pop. And you're like, who, who, where did these guys like, Who? who where did they go? Like, where do they end up? I like um, this name dropping Ricky Martin, S club seven. I yeah. think that we should just look through like the pop charts
0: of the nineties and
1: just like, what do you think of these guys? Yeah, maybe. Well, my, well, I think the new record is informed a little by nineties music. I think. Noel Gallagher. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a, an Oasis solo on uh, on the title track. Uh, I I didn't I kind of did it. It's not I mean like it sort of just sounds a little Oasis-y, I think, and I think one uh, one of my mates said it. So it was like oh that sounds like Oasis like and I was like oh like it was that's funny because like I was sort of listening to stuff like Suede and Pulp and uh, Blur a little bit while I was making it.
0: Why do you think those bands have kind of endured as like cool references rather than like Oasis? Is it is it just because Oasis just went shite
1: after that second album? Um, well, I think. Well, yeah, I think w- what happened is like uh, Oasis, but burn out like they should have after that second that's album. That's what a and that's, big pile of drugs will do to you, I guess. And uh, and and I think that that's. That's kind of who, what they should have been. They should have been the band that burnt out very fast because they were all about like excess and like hedonism and, and uh, after two albums, uh, like if you watch that documentary, Supersonic. If you no, that. no.
0: Um, Breed my girlfriend watched it and said that it was amazing. Like it's yeah. about Nebworth and then playing yeah. two nights at Nebworth to like three hundred and fifty thousand yeah. or something
1: like that. Well, see that that documentary ends after the second album and after they play Nebworth, so
0: they should have called it a day. Yeah, then. I
1: mean like anything after that, I think is just um, milk in it really, and uh, I think that the thing with Blur if you look at the Oasis blur thing is that I, I don't really, I'm not really interested in their like first four albums. Lurie's first four. Yeah. Like, um, uh, leisure, uh, modern life is rubbish, uh, park life and, uh, the great escape. But I think that then their eponymous fifth album, which was called blur, uh, is a really good. And like, that's got beatle Bum on it. And like song two with like, they're the first two tracks on it. And like, suddenly like they became this really interesting band and i think that everything they did after that was really uh, interesting and obviously Damon Albarn went on to do really good stuff and Graham Coxon's made a, a lot of really good music um his album A&E have you heard his album A&E uh, um, no i don't think so i probably... remember
0: Graham Coxon being big in like 2004 and then not really hearing much yeah else well this from? i think
1: this album was from 2011 2012 2011, 2012. And uh it was uh it's got a picture of a, a a bloodied knee on the front. Um and it's all the whole album is about going out and uh it's like really good. It's probably one of my f- f- like favourite albums. Um I just I don't know, not many people have like it's like one of them albums that you kind of can take for your own as well, because like not many people have like heard it or whatever, or like so it's um yeah, it's a really good album little record. So I really hold like uh, Graham Coxon and Damon Albon very highly and Pulp obviously are probably my favorite out of the three of them, I think. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. They're a band that I just,
0: have never really gotten into. I really appreciate them and mm-hmm. stuff. And I know that like every second act is kind of like influenced by Jarvis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they're just a band that I haven't really ever gotten into. Like apart from the greatest hits, I guess. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, um their stuff before common people is they've got some really good stuff like pre that like yeah because they started um, in like the mid 80s yeah they they, they've been around for a long time and like he they were like i think he was like in his 30s before they got like recognition properly um so i think yeah like they've got they've got loads of stuff very disco-y stuff very poppy stuff but like again the lyrics are all really good um and then they made the, that album uh, this is hardcore which was like at the end of like the Britpop pop era and that was the same time the blur started getting good as well it was when that and oasis got really bad but <laughs> that's like yeah. this is the same kind of there's just this point in time where uh at the end of the 90s where the whole Britpop pop dream kind of crumbled and like this really dark album called this is hardcore came out of it and um yeah
0: I wonder—is wonder, it them thinking of their legacy? Like, we don't want to be just called a Britpop band. We want to be something else as well.
1: Yeah, I think the thing with Britpop is nobody liked being labelled that. Like, I don't think like Oasis certainly weren't really Britpop. I think they were just put into the. Mm. I don't think Britpop is a thing, really. I think it's just it, it's just a it's just a name. Like, it's a know? dirty name. Like, nobody yeah.
0: wants to be tagged Britpop yeah. either, do they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, I think like Arctic Monkeys are a band uh, who also kind of remind me of that idea of mm-hmm. kind of like their first three or four albums are this type or the first two albums anyway, are this type of thing. And then on their last one, AM it's like, Oh, actually this is what we're going to do now. We're going to be one of the biggest bands in the world. Yeah, We're not going to be singing about, uh, you know, like just a night out in Sheffield yeah. or whatever. And they yeah. I, I guess that that was them thinking about their legacy
1: too. Um, a little, I, I think that was just a, a natural progression. Um, uh, I'm. I really like them. I think they're really good. Um, and I think, um, yeah. Like I kind of, I really got into them in when they did their third album. Actually, Crying so, Lightning. Uh, yeah, humb. Uh, yeah, humbug, which was their third record. Um, and they like that was when I kind of, I was at the right age. I was like about f- fourteen, I think, when that came out. So, um so i didn't really have i didn't hold like the first two albums in as much of like uh, like i didn't like praise them as much as everyone like oh, i really, really? like yeah. them yeah but I, because you kind of miss out on like the original because you miss out on the kool-aid at the start like you know yeah. you kind of end up but then uh, when you're when you're up.
0: when you're 18 and stuff and you kind of are the right age do you go back and listen to them and you're like oh actually i completely get it here this band is amazing
1: yeah i think so well i i always like i mean i i really do i always did love the first two but i think i think i didn't like cherish them i mean i didn't like i didn't like care as much when they went and did something a bit weird i think but i also i was i remember writing lyrics when i was that age when i was getting into them and i remember writing them because i couldn't really identify with going to like the club and stuff I remember writing lyrics about like the youth club disco and stuff, but it was like the same kind of like thing, but it was like just so much more innocent. Like, do you know what I mean, <laughs> how do um, they compare? Um, they're he's, yeah, they're pretty bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's talking about,
0: uh, like buying a drink for a Bacardi Breezer or something for a girl at the bar. Like you don't really do that
1: at a youth disco. I don't know no, what you do. I think, um, uh, it was buying a Fanta, but like, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I actually on the on the album, uh, I did uh, the one before the last one, which was called "Not a Dry in the House." There was the opening song it was called "Jenny," and that was about a youth club. That was actually I went back, like even though I was like twenty, I went back and like listened to some of the stuff I'd written when I was really young, and like wrote a song about like a youth club disco, uh, like from the point of myself now, like, um. And I remember uh, one of the lines. Oh, I can't remember what it was like. A, uh, we both knew I tasted like fizzy drinks or something like that. But yeah, anyway, th- that's yeah. I um, yeah, it was kind of weird. It's very strange to like try and force that kind of songwriting about very adult themes onto a a young right, la- yeah, like yeah. thirteen, fourteen year old trying to like write like that, but like only having like this amount of experience you know uh
0: how did you find listening back to your older stuff are you just kind of like oh this is terrible sort of thing or do you think it all holds up like everyone um, is kind of self-critical when it comes to stuff yeah that I, um
1: well I, I listened back on this new album um because it was like such a teenage album i decided uh i i was actually put i put together it's on Bandcamp. actually i put together like a best of like my 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 early stuff so, like, from, like, 2010 till, like, 2012. um. So I was actually going back. I don't know why. I just thought it might be interesting for people to hear. And uh, it was when I was, like, looking through that and, like, listening back to it that that's when, like, I was, like, it's nice because there was stuff I was writing when I was 15, 16, which really documents things that was going on in my, like, teenage life. It's almost like a diary or something. um and i thought that was an interesting uh an interesting thing to like listen back to when i'm now trying to write lyrics which are teenage or whatever for this like new album you yeah. know
0: why did you want to like write that theme of kind of going back to uh like your teenagehood in kenmare
1: um well it, it's it all started when um it all started when um uh i was asked to do an ep for a label and um I put together four songs and they were kind of I think they were a little more poppier than they were expecting and uh, it still hasn't come out but in the meantime while I was waiting for this thing to come out I thought oh I'll write an album uh like around the same themes that were in this little EP that I did um like I think in like March last year and um in that EP I'd like all the songs seem to be about a small town and like I thought that was a really nice theme like the idea of a small town and I guess from that then like the teenage thing just came out of that because my like memories of a th- small town as being a teenager because after that I moved up here to Cork like um so I think I think it's ju- it's more it's just as much about small towns than it is about like being a teenager to an extent and you do have a song about like going
0: to a club as well on this, do you? Sophistication? Yes, it, yeah,
1: sophistication, yeah. It's seven minutes long.
0: It's uh, really impressive. I was wondering, um like is it one of the longest songs that you've made? Um yeah, I was
1: I think um i the, the idea of like a long song I've done long songs before, but like none of them have really ever been anything that's like I really like, really liked, or whatever. Um, and this one, I guess, it's long mostly because it's split into two parts. Um, like you've got the f- slightly more folky intro, introduction bit, and then you've got like the more disco-y bit. Um, so I think that's why it's that's kind of why it's long, I guess. And also, it's a story. It's a story that couldn't be just finished in a couple of verses um and i think also like the father john misty wrote a lot of long songs on his last album and i th- kind of like the way that you really get a sense of a world because of that like he's got like a 15 minute song on like in the middle of like his last record and i thought that was really cool that like uh it's just him and a guitar really and then a little bit of orchestration sort of fluttering in um and uh yeah that was it really there was it was all those sort of different elements that made it be a long song. You
0: know. And, and it's sophistication like closer mm-hmm. to your youth disco song or is it closer to the Arctic monkeys idea of the, of the club? Uh, yeah, it's definitely closer
1: <laughs> to the club. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: w- what about the other tracks on the, on the record? Shadowproof is your, uh, debut sing. Was yeah.
1: That's the first single. Yeah. That's the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that song was very late in the sessions for it. Um, that one is also kind of it got a bit of a clubby a- atmosphere. It's sort of like this sort of, there's a very tacky neon sense I get from that song and the same with sophistication. Uh, I guess the, lyrically it's a little more abstract than some of the more story-based songs on the album, like uh, like Skip Period Blues and like Weird Weekends, which are like four and five on the album. Like they're very like story-based and like, uh, like narratives, whereas I think Shatterproof is very much a, like a, a series of emotions in it. you know, um, yeah.
0: And like you're ta- you're tackling stuff like, uh, that track you just mentioned about teenage pregnancy and then there's like stuff about broken marriages as well. Yeah. Were you surprised at like, I don't know if it got a little bit dark or something, the stuff that you're tackling, um, or trying to write about or
1: not uh i don't know i think like there's sort of a a bit of a detachment maybe because like i've never like they're not really like personal things or whatever like broken marriages and teenage pregnancies like um I, I don't know why they came up i think that like um i just like the way that it's more about like how like gossip can form within a small community i think mm. i think that's really what i was going for um and those two things are things that evoke a lot of gossip and sophistication is a song about a girl who's trying to escape her like parents getting separated and her dad going off with the girl who works in the chinese and like uh she's like trying to doll herself up and uh and like try and get away from that and next minute everyone kind of still knows about it and she kind of can't escape it like no matter what she does like um so uh, yeah. And that in itself is about kind of like growing up as well. Like, you know, you sort of being a teenager, you're sort of stuck between childhood and adulthood. Um, and you're trying to not be a child and not have like your past kind of come back to haunt you or whatever, you know. Uh,
0: and the album, it was recorded like between May and October? Uh, yeah, about that. Yeah. 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 Did Did you find it weird kind of almost sitting on it until it was released? like it's coming out uh this friday january mm-hmm. 19th so mm-hmm. that's like four or five months yeah since you've had it do you usually do that kind of just let it settle and make sure that it all like, uh, makes sense that yeah you're i do
1: with, it? with i do with like the ones that i bring out under my name um because i bring out a lot of stuff uh as like side projects and things like um, the pelms and felted fruit and stuff um those ones i kind of more of an outlet for me to do something really fun and just I'm not too bothered about the perception that just I'm just making albums for myself whereas like the ones I put out under my name I kind of I try and like tighten up to an extent like and I'd I'd even like go back and um like try and make sure just everything is just tight enough that I'm happy with it you know which I wouldn't normally do with other stuff like okay but
0: like even with the other stuff like you still put it out there you're still happy for it to be out there even though yeah. like it's not like perfect
1: yeah 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 I, I think that um it kind of helps me move on to the, to another thing if it was just sat there I'd find it difficult to know like well what do I like do now with it like um because I certainly wouldn't necessarily want to go back to it um they're almost like little ca- like capturing little moments in time like um like last week I I went home and did a Uh, an album called The Palms and it's it's on like SoundCloud and like I just did it in like four days um, just to amuse myself really and it's there if you want to hear it but like do you know what I mean it's like or like if you know it's just there like you know well well, let's talk about this album (laughs) so what are the themes of this album
0: (laughs) Um, how how does it differ though like is there a difference in sound do you notice like when you're recording as Laurie Shaw that it's like oh it's actually this sound And then when you're recording as something else, it's like a different type of genre.
1: Yeah, I think I'm more like wary of my own voice when it's uh, when it's like me. Like I kind of uh, everything I need to I I have to like, okay, everything that I put out as myself more so I have to be like, okay, this is actually a point I want to get across or something or like this means like a lot to me. Whereas like the other stuff, it's more kind of, you know, I can kind of do a little bit more what I sort of what I want like and it doesn't really matter it doesn't have as much of an effect like um uh yeah i think uh that normally these like side projects are built around a certain type of sound um so like i was listening to a lot of the strokes at the beginning of last week and that kind of fed into this album and i sort of and then i just made an album which sounded very similar to that and kind of uh but then i had my my like singing on top. So that's made it kind of slightly different. Like kind of gave it like a, you know, it's like a Northern sort of twist to it or something, you know? So, um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think I just can't stop. I like to just keep going and keep doing, doing stuff, you know? And I think now being able to like differentiate between a side project and my stuff is a lot easier for people to digest in a way. Um, so it's not like, uh, Oh, a weekly thing of like me doing an album. It's like the stuff out there if you want to go find it. But like in terms of my stuff, it's a bit more like, you know, every six months or so now.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. That's kind of what you're aiming for now rather than like yeah. an album of a month. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is this uh, album released on a label or is it just self-released? No, it's just
1: self-released. Yeah.
0: Is there a difference between the two because i know that you've released stuff on like a uk label i can't mm. think of their names now uh,
1: sunstone yeah
0: yeah and little l
1: yeah that's a dublin record label yeah
0: and like what's the difference between releasing them on on that is it does it just mean that you get a little bit more backing or you don't have to worry about like press releases or uh, something
1: yeah that, that that's, that's that's all it is really um with sunstone they were really they like pressed out the record on vinyl and uh they sort of did all the, the, they just kind of gave me a certain number to sell myself. And that was how it, how it went. um, but then self-releasing is, I'm kind of having to put myself in charge of everything. Like, you know, um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's kind of it really.
0: And so, and just so people can like get on top of things, like what other side projects or bands are you in? Um,
1: so there's the Palms thing. There's a, a, an, an ep called by a band i made up called the imps which is called knit which is on Bandcamp, which is like a, a very stoogesy thing actually it's kind of like a fuzzy 70s garage rock thing um then the felted fruit is uh a kind of a psychedelic thing uh i've got a second i've got like a sequel to that album but um i don't know when hopefully that can get pressed like the sun's like the uh like the first album but i'm just waiting to see if i can how i can do that with uh with that label and stuff and um yeah i think that's about it i think they might, i might do some more though <laughs> uh are they all going live concerns as well um yeah i do some of them live i do i kind of take some songs from there them and like do them live but i uh I'd never perform really is like the Pelms or like the imps or whatever. Um, you can support
0: yourself. Yeah. The Pelms so, supporting. Maybe, yeah. Show
1: supporting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's the plan for 2018?
0: Like just uh PR for this and just yeah. get out and play some shows on the back of it and yeah, pretty, see what happens. Pretty
1: much. I, I, um, I've kind of, I sort of think I know what I'm doing for my next album. So I think I'll probably try and I'll, I'll probably work on that. Um, And hopefully, I like that might be, that might be kind of a fast album. Then, do you know what I mean? You never know, like what might, I might like it might end up like finishing it, like in a couple of months, and then I might put that out. But I'm not too sure yet. There's still some stuff I'm sitting on, like which I could put out at some point. Um, But I I don't know. I'll just see how it goes. Really, yeah. I think I'll. uh, I like to move on quite fast. Um, So I'll probably do that yeah
0: you were mentioning just before we started recording that like you're gearing up to get into a film thesis and like Mm -hmm. recording a film as well is that going to put the music on the back burner are you like i can just i can just knock this album out mountain over Um, a night or something i need to get it out of me
1: it depends like i mean i guess like doing like film is another as long as like i'm doing something which is like an outlet which is creative which i think is very like i i enjoy doing um then I think it's fine. I'm not kind of, as long as it works well for me, really, I'm not kind of necessarily thinking like, I am a little bit like, you know, kind of thinking, oh, I should like have this, or, I should like have like a, something new out at some point. But I think when you're at a stage where you kind of, I think there's enough there anyway. I kind of think that like, I can get away with doing something in a different field for a bit. Like, you know, I'm doing stuff in film. I really like doing. So, um, And it also works well with with my music as well, like a combination of the two and stuff. Um, uh, Like I put together a documentary about the making of the album. Um, So that was kind of fun to do. So that kind of merged the two kind of mediums. So, uh, yeah, I think I'd like to merge them, the two more in the future, you know
0: cool well certainly sounds like you've got a busy uh 2018 yeah (laughs) on your hands but it's off to a good start like weird weekends is is a great album like i think broken branches on it is like i've been listening to that Mm -hmm. on repeat for the past few days so uh congratulations and good luck on like the album and the thesis and uh the rest
1: of 2018 cheers thank you (laughs)